the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast 20B of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And, of course, the Briefcast, we're not coming to you guys solo. And I'll explain to you guys in a minute why this is Briefcast 20B. But uh, first and foremost, I want to remind you guys, you can check us out on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, KTSURadio.com. And I know you found us somehow, some way. But I want to remind you guys, you can find us multiple ways. Just Google it, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. And, um, you know, if this is not... If you found it one way, hey, there may be a better way for you. Maybe you have a different app on your phone or whatever the case may be. But those are the ways that you can listen to us uh, and find the the podcast easily. KTSURadio.com. A lot of people are finding us there. My home radio station. And I want to invite you guys, if this is your first time checking us out, to go back and check out full-fledged episodes with my special teams unit. You say, well, what is the special teams unit that's usually NFL linebacker, former NFL linebacker? linebacker Eddie Robinson 10 year 11 year vet of the NFL or my brother Biscuit Jordan Wade or my co-host for KTSU Sports Talk the Silver Fox Kevin Allen he along with uh, me and Ralph Cooper the legend Ralph Cooper come your way in Houston every Saturday morning on KTSU 90.9 FM so that's a whole different show Um, but again if you can't get enough of me through the week or whenever you can always tune in it's a uh, really a call-in show so it's a lot of different energies involved with that one so you definitely can check that out also i want to remind you on twitter at wade's word w-a-d-e-s w-o-r-d and on facebook the sports talk with devin wade page and group so that's out of the way now let me explain to you guys why this is briefcast 20b now 20b is because I did an entire podcast, a briefcast, on Saturday. Saturday prior to game one of the Sunday tip-off of the Western Conference semifinals between the Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Did a whole show. Great show. Wonderful. My best ever. Well, I don't know about that. But here's the problem. So I've had some technical problems. And I know you guys don't care. Some of you guys really don't care how the sausage is made. But I want to tell you this. And the reason why I want to tell you this is because you guys are early in the process listening to me. So when we blow up and have millions of listeners, you can say, well, you know what? I used to listen to him when he couldn't even get his phone lines worked out. And he had some technical issues that he couldn't work through. So, you know, you you can say, hey, you listened to me then. And so that's why I'm telling you now. So I had some great uh, interviews set up for you guys last week. Telephone interviews had some technical problems. I am not a sound engineer. I don't know all the bells and whistles to all the technology that is available to me. I am, and I'm learning. I have gotten an education in a number of things, including um, working on marketing and, of course, on the technical aspects. Things that you don't have to worry about when you are doing something on the air for a radio station. All those things are in place. We have engineers. If there's a problem that goes on, I can just make a phone call and the engineer will be there ASAP. I don't even have to deal with it. And then usually, like I said, all I do is push buttons. I don't know how to, I'm not a fixer kind of guy. I may call the fixer kind of guy. So I had those problems and I couldn't figure it out. So I pressed a bunch of buttons on my mixer 
And, um, and, and that was after I couldn't get the phone lines working. So then I go back and I do the briefcast, which is solo, which is relatively easy. Great microphone, one stop shopping, know what to do. Bam. Got it down. Perfect. Well, one problem I pushed a, a, a button. I, I pushed the incorrect button. And when I pushed the button, it gave me this echo and it sounded like I was doing doo-wop from the fifties in a restroom. So, so, and then I asked a couple people, well, should I put it out with, with that? Because the content was the content, but the echo can be, and probably is distracting. And, and what I may do, I may do one or two features. Well, I don't know. I, I'll figure it out. I, I just hate to lose a whole hour of work and then post-production and all of that stuff. So I hate to just hate to give that away, but I can't fix the problem. I'm sure if I knew more about it, sort of this software that I'm working with that I probably could fix it, but I can't figure it out. I played with it a little bit and got frustrated. And instead of throwing out, uh, you know, a computer or some, I just breaking something instead of doing that. I just said, well, Hey, forget about it. I'll come to a Monday after game one and what a game one. It was, it was everything you wanted it to be uh, for really a Western conference final or NBA final. The caliber of play was there. All hands were on deck minus boogie cousins. And it was a close, close game. A lot of controversy involved. And most of the controversy surrounded about, uh, surrounded the, the calling of the officiating and the calls uh, around James Harden in that game. And I, I'll give you my thoughts on that. But I have to, I want to start by saying this. If you understand the Rockets, you understand, I use this boxing analogy with them. So in boxing, you may have a very skilled, polished boxer. You know, maybe just a real finesse guy, real pretty guy. I mean, it looks good. Ring generalship, you know, uh, maybe wears tassels on his boots like uh, on on like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, it just just this looks good. Just he he looks the part. And then you have a guy who fought in bars and was a, a one time bouncer and he gets his shot and and you he he's not polished, but he's a fighter. And that's what the Rockets are in this situation. They're fighters. And fighters can't outskill certain boxers. So what they have to do is muck it up. They have to kind of fight ugly. They have to make their opponent fight ugly. And that's what the Rockets really do in a lot of situations. They are heavily dependent on getting foul calls because of James Harden and the way he plays. Now, he is a very controversial, polarizing figure from a style of play. A lot of people cannot stand the way he plays. I'm one of them that I don't really have an appreciation for. I mean, I certainly have an appreciation for his skill level. Can't deny how special an offensive weapon he is. He, But it, it's a herky-jerky kind of – it's. It's not the the beautiful game. It's not like it's not like Magic Johnson and and Kobe and Jordan and just that you know, just sweet. You know, it's like a running back that runs four yards in a cloud of dust as opposed to a guy that you know that that's just you know back in the day, all your running backs were real sweet guy who had the you know they had the headbands and the wristbands and they would just. They, they just look live. I mean, I'm going old school when I say live. Live. I'm going back to fifth grade. But it just looked like, hey, th- that dude is sweet. 
like Walter Payton was called sweetness. I mean, just clean uniform, way, you know, way those guys, Tony Dorsett, fly, had his little towel on the side. And then you had the guy, Eric Dickerson, another one, towel on the side, got his goggles on, and, and you know, just everything, all his, his armbands in place, uniform is impeccably clean. And then you have a guy like a bruiser, a guy that just, you know, a Walt Garrison type, you know, and that's a very, very old school reference, but just like one of those sausage backs. My dad used to come sausage backs to just kind of run up the middle and kind of makes things happen, almost like a John Riggins type, no polish at all. Well, the Rockets are the no polish at all when it comes to that kind of thing, and Harden is the, the king of that. So he has to have calls, and he leads the NBA, and I don't know what the numbers are, but he leads the NBA in players that get fouled attempting three-point shots he that's that he's able to do it's a very 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 good skill to have and it, it's a big part of his game well sunday he didn't get those calls and I, I out of the four major calls three of them i thought were missed and so that means that when you and the call and the plays that i'm talking about when harden goes up to shoot his three-pointer he has to be allowed to land he has to have a unimpeded landing space it has to be you know vertically vertically not he can't jump out he can, he can jump vertically but he has the right to land without a player stepping into his body and not allowing him to land when well, three of those cases golden state stepped into that zone and the last one the dream on green one he stuck his legs out and maybe he felt like he knew he wasn't getting the calls but he tried to get the calls and he's a bit of a flopper too I mean, he does the soccer thing, you know, it, it just exaggerated. Oh, you know, he just falls back like he's really, really foul. And that kind of, that kind of thing is, is very annoying and not very um, aesthetically pleasing. Let's just say that. It's not a very aesthetically pleasing uh, brand of basketball. But I'll say this about him. This is what he does. And, and this is why he's as special as he is. And guys just time after time, they know what he's going to do and they can't stop it. He'll, he'll like go like he's driving. He'll do the step back and they can't avoid running into him. So in the post game, it became all about that. Chris Paul touched the, uh, appeared to touch a referee. I don't know. He was ejected. I don't know what that'll mean. Long-term for game two hadn't heard anything. So they'll probably let him play, but he did make, it looked like he made contact and it was just a very frustrating afternoon for the Rockets. Now, again, Harden was 9 to 28, wasn't used to, to not getting those calls. And so what has happened since is really a very calculated sort of effort by the Rockets organization. I don't think by the players. I think the players, I think it's been indoctrinated in the players that Golden State is going to get the calls and we have to fight to make sure the referees don't blow calls. And in proof of this uh, was displayed when a, a memo uh, was written but not submitted to the league after game seven of last year which claimed that uh, the Rockets were robbed in game seven now I think a lot of this stuff is really being exacerbated by the fact that the NFL blew the call in New Orleans that cost that legitimately cost the New Orleans Saints a trip to the Super Bowl 
And so now you're starting to hear people in hockey. I heard somebody complaining in the hockey game about this is like New Orleans. This is like New Orleans. And now you had a rocket saying stuff like this. Hey, we just want it to be fair. And then you you have, of course, the two-minute report. And everything is about the officiating. So much so uh, that Steve Kerr today sort of made fun of it in his, his interview with the media and kind of flopped around a little bit. But the I think it's a very calculated effort by the organization to say, hey, we need to get some of these calls and the officials need to be on the lookout for this to try to persuade and sway the officiating. Not in a, I don't think in an unfair way, but I think that they are dependent on these calls and they need to have these calls to be successful. Here's the problem. Once you start to build in that inferiority complex where like, oh, we just know we're not going to get the calls then you divert some of your attention. You don't focus as much on just, just playing your game, doing what you do. The first time they had, there's a perceived missed call, everybody may go and just lose their cool and focus on the officiating again. So I think that is the big downfall with that. But again, hard 9 to 28, he had 35, but so did Durant. And so what I said in the episode that you'll never hear is that, okay, if you theoretically, if Harden and Durant cancel each other out, who can step up and match up with the other guys, with the Draymond Greens, with uh, with the Steph Currys, with the uh, the Clay Thompsons? Uh, uh, you know, can the Rockets match those guys? And the answer is, of course they can't. They, they can't match up like that uh, with those guys consistently. And, and they, they're going to have to really borrow from the Clippers sort of playbook. They're going to have to grind it out and be intense because what we do know Golden State will turn over the basketball. Golden State will go, just like any other team, will go on uh, cold spells where they're they're not hitting the shots that night. They they can't match you always with intensity. And they're very much kind of a team that can just say, they get going, they they just play the way they play, and the points come because they're so skilled at what they do. So I think that the Rockets are going to have to sort of grind it out, muck it up, I think, yeah, it's good for the organization and for D'Antoni and for Daryl Morey and for whomever else to complain about it, to talk about it, to to make it a point of emphasis to try to get some of those calls. But I think at the end of the day, when you're in the locker room, if you're the Houston Rockets, you really have to think about, hey, let's just beat these guys. We know we can beat them. Let's work on knocking down some of those shots. Let's work on some of the things that were successful for uh, for us. Uh, let's let's get all everybody going as much as we can. I thought Eric Gordon did a great job. Seventeen points for him. Uh, you know, of course, Paul did what Paul does. Uh, I just think it's going to be this kind of series. I think. Um, do I think they can win game two? I think they can get win game two. I do think they can. I think that if Golden State and Steve Kerr were really really smart, they would press hard to win game two to try to send the Rockets back home. 0-2 and really forcing the Rockets to win four out of six against the defending NBA champs. So I, I think that this is a big, big game. Not to say it's insurmountable, but it's hard to imagine the Rockets winning four out of six, four out of five rather, uh, over Golden State. You, you have to win four out of the next five, and, and I, that'd be, that's a tall task. So we'll have to see how it plays out. The other series gets underway tonight. I am, you know what, what I want to talk about? I do want to talk about this. Somebody, I saw this on Twitter and there are a number of things I talked about because I talked a lot about the NFL draft. We may do more NFL draft stuff since you guys didn't get it, get to hear it. 
but I want, I'll get into the draft a little bit. Um, basically, here's the deal. There was somebody being highly critical of DeMar DeRozan and saying, oh, yeah, if they had Kawhi, uh, they, you know, look at it must be hard for the San Antonio Spurs fans. And when you think about, oh, Kawhi goes off in game one of their series and, and does all that work, and then DeRozan is still, you know, missing shots and really are not playing well in a game seven, a game they had to have to win the series over Denver. They lose that series. But people have to remember, look, uh, if you if I'm in San Antonio, man, I, I'm loving what happened given the circumstances. Kawhi Leonard just didn't want to be there, and you had to make a move to do the best you could uh, in light of the fact that he, we have to give him his way. They could have gone the way of New Orleans and not traded him, but then they would have lost him for absolutely nothing. And I think they made the prudent choice to get DeMar DeRozan and, and, and they made the trade that they had to make. They got rid of Danny Green in that trade and they did what they had to do. So uh, that being said, you lose DeJounte Murray early in the year and this team still gave the number two seed in the NBA fits. I mean, you lose all of the guys you lost last year from Ginobili to Parker. I mean, you, you Kawhi, Danny Green, you lose all of these guys. And you still come back and really almost upset the number two seed in the Western Conference. So I think all in all, I'll give kudos to Greg Popovich. He's the real deal. He really is. He can be surly. He can be kind of uh, sort of stickish with his, you know, his sort of his sour attitude. Uh, sometimes I think that's artificial. Uh, but on the flip side, he's a uh, he's the best in the biz when in the NBA. He just he just gets it done. And, uh, again, congratulations to them on a good season. Didn't mean to talk about San Antonio because so much other basketball to talk about. I think uh, Toronto is uh, Toronto is a team that uh, Kawhi Leonard is just, I mean, he's just, he's just what he is. He's the truth. And you don't, I don't necessarily want to root for him because he powdered his way out of San Antonio. And I don't think that that was necessarily fair. Without knowing everything that was involved in that soap opera, I don't think it was very fair to the organization that really cultivated and developed him and made him into what he is. Now, again, you could say, uh, what, 80, 20? If, if the Spurs gave him 20%, that's good. If they gave him 10%. That's 10% he probably wouldn't have gotten another organization. So he's the guy. But I think Boston's performance in game one over Milwaukee creating a must-win for Milwaukee in game two. And, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, he kind of didn't step up. Like you thought he would. I mean, he looked fabulous so far in the opening round of the playoffs. But, hey, I think it was a foregone conclusion, I thought, with the malcontent Kyrie Irving and uh, just sort of the lack of chemistry issues in Boston. I thought, I'm not sure that Boston can get it done. I think Kyrie has one foot already in the Boston, in the uh, in Madison Square Garden. I don't know how much that stuff is true. Of course, we've talked about this in previous podcasts that, you know, essentially – these guys are uh, – it's a big soap opera, and, and we buy into it, and it really does make for uh, really a lot of intriguing storylines. And one of the things I talked about in 20A was um, the ratings being down in the playoffs so far, 18%, and how much that had to do with LeBron James. I'm going to post a poll question and ask you guys that on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade fan page and the group – and uh, you'll get an opportunity to vote on that. And I may post that on Twitter as well. Do you miss LeBron James? I, Me, I don't. I, I don't. 
and until somebody says it, I have to think about it. You know, it's, I guess people love to have a guy to root against. Uh, I think you can easily find villains if you find guys that you want to root for. Uh, I mean, in Golden State, I, I just, it's hard to like Kevin Durant. It's just hard. He's a very complicated person from the outside looking in. I don't know him. I don't know anybody that does know him. So I don't know anybody that's boys with Kevin Durant, but I can say this. He just seems to be a very complicated person to like. And maybe that's just his relationship with the media and his public, his, just his public persona. He just doesn't seem to be very happy all the time. You can say the same about Kyrie Irving. But even with that, I don't root against Golden State. Golden State, I still think, is a really a sort of a Hollywood-type story in Northern California. When you think about these guys came from most of the guys, not Durant, because Durant came in to be, you know, to join the winning team. But when you think about Draymond and and Curry and Klay Thompson and Iguodala, who had a long career before he got to Golden State, and Sean Livingston, whose leg was damn near amputated. I mean, you know, when you look at all of those things, and, you know, it's a really, really good story. The only bad part is that Mark Jackson was a big part of turning this around and Steve Kerr kind of became the 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 even kill that this this team needed to get ultimate success. You would like to think that Mark Jackson would have done the same things. Um, but you you hear some stories that, you know, it was a us against them kind of mentality, which is good until the us against them became the team versus the front office. And you don't know what to believe in those situations, but uh, you know, so not that part. I don't, you know, you would like Mark Jackson to be the guy to take him over the top, but there are a lot of wonderful stories on that team. You have to kind of go out of your way to not like golden state. And I know a lot of Rockets fans and a lot of folks in Houston, uh, they don't like him, but, Look, I don't. I am not a LeBron fan. I do not like the way he moves uh, professionally in the NBA. Outside of the basketball, a role model, a great, great guy, and I've given a lot of kudos to throughout the years. But the way he moves in basketball, not a fan at all. It's easy to root against him, and I wonder for a lot of people who really uh, there are a lot of people like me that hate the love. I hate the love that he gets because it's not. He's not deserving of that, in my opinion. I just, he's just, you know, the way he moves is not like an old school way of moving. And you can say, oh, I, you know, I know I sound like, hey, get off my lawn. I know I sound like the old guy in this situation, but it is what it is. And I wonder if that's affecting the NBA and the product and the ratings. We'll have to see. I think, I think really what I think is that the first round was not as compelling. But we talked about some of the matchups, and there's some bad matchups for the NBA in the finals. Say if Houston upsets Golden State, and then Portland upsets Houston, and so now you have a Portland-Milwaukee NBA finals. You're talking about, oh, man, that is horrible for, for the NBA. Or maybe even Toronto and Portland. Or Toronto and Denver. I mean, these are bad matchups from a rating standpoint because – uh, a lot of these teams are really uh, sort of new to the national scene. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, everybody knows the Greek freak, the Greek freak. But still, to your casual, very casual basketball fan, they hadn't sat down and watched a lot of Milwaukee basketball. They hadn't watched a lot of uh, Toronto basketball. But really, is because of the media in a lot of ways, because we're so L.A.-centric. 
and so LeBron centric that, that you know we are we talk more about the Lakers. We I I would venture to say this. We talk more about a team in the LA Lakers that didn't go to the playoffs than in the history of I don't think we've ever talked about a team not going to the playoffs more than we've talked about the Los Angeles Lakers. And a part of it is the soap opera that was Magic Johnson, Rob Palenka, and Jeannie Bust, and, and Bust, not Bust, but Bust. And so, you know, pun not intended. Uh, I know that he she uh, that she did the, the feature, uh, the spread back in the day, but no. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think part of that is just that L.A. sort of, uh, soap opera that's going on and, and LeBron brought that show to Los Angeles. So, uh, but we talked about that in previous podcasts, but with that going to take a brief time, I'll come back on the other side. And I think I am going to do the Lamont award. This is episode 20 B of the, uh, actually briefcast 20 B of the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast on iTunes, tune in KTSU radio or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. My name is Caleb, and I listen to Sports Talk with Uncle Devon Wade on iTunes. Welcome back to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade, Briefcast 2020. Briefcast 20. And, uh, hey, had a uh, wonderful Sunday, although I wanted the Rockets to win. I, I mean, so that was a difficult loss. And I did watch a lot of the NFL draft over three days. Although I didn't go to, to NRG Stadium. I didn't go to the Texans headquarters. Their draft was, I thought, I liked some of the things they did in their draft. I like the redundancy when you get you get two offensive linemen, and I, we talked about this. Eddie Robinson, uh, who played with the Oilers, talked about what the Oilers used to do a lot of times. The Oilers would uh, it would draft somebody high in a particular position, and then go back in later rounds and draft the same position a couple of times over to bring in two or three guys at that same position. So if your first guy doesn't quite pan out, you have sort of a backup plan and or and you have you can develop some depth that way and buy yourself some time as a GM and buy you some time uh, buy yourself some time as an organization uh, where you can kind of work the kinks out and get the guys on the field that can make plays for you and, and instead of just kind of totally missing at a position and leaving a big vacancy if your number one guy didn't work out. So I think what they did with the two tackles, I think, was a good thing. The issue is 
value at that the pick. Could they have gotten some of those guys a little bit later? I mean, I think that, you know, it's hard to know with the draft. It really is. It's hard to know. It, it boils down to these guys have to hit. Titus uh, Howard, which, again, I'm excited about because he is from the Southwest Athletic Conference. And, you know, I cover the swag. I mean, not not the entire swag. I do color for the Texas Southern Tigers. I've done Texas Southern football for 26 years. So I've seen I'm, – I'm, I'm, I've traveled the swag. I know the swag. I love the swag. I think the swag is tremendously underrated um, historically. Historically, I think they're tremendously underrated. When you think about the great players that have come out the Southwestern Athletic Conference, whether it's Michael Strahan or Jerry Rice or Walter Payton or Robert Brazil, uh, you know, or Bob Buchanan, Doug Williams, the list goes on and on. John Starworth, although A&M, uh, Alabama A&M wasn't in the swag then. But still, a lot of great, Aeneas Williams. So the swag is the, swag is the truth. And so I'm, I'm thrilled and I'm over the moon. Uh, that the Texans went with a swag prospect, with a swag player. Uh, but again, you ask yourself, you have guys against, uh, from Northern Illinois and from Alabama State. But here's the problem. Even though they had good weeks at the Senior Bowl or whatever, you didn't play against the highest caliber player week in and week out. Now, that doesn't always mean anything because there are a lot of small school guys that come and do big things. Um, but again, if you have some apprehension before the season starts, that's a good reason on why. That's a good reason to have some apprehension. But again, I like the redundancy. The cornerback out of Kentucky, the Lonnie Johnson kid from Kentucky, uh, long player, nice size, and uh, you know, again, the problem is he's only had what. If you want to be worried about something, only one interception in two years. I don't think he's Reavers Island out there, but we'll we'll have to see. Again, you don't you don't know, and these guys get paid to make the right decisions. Hadn't always been confident in the uh, really the brain trust of the the Texans organization in the past. Although again, you have some massive hits with I'll say it, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt, Andre Johnson, but you've had some big misses too. So and we can get into a lot of those, but we won't. Um, but I thought, by and large, I think okay, we'll we'll see. Well, I think they needed to get some protection on that offensive line, and we'll see what happens. And, and hope for the best if you are a Texans fan. I think uh, when you look at uh, Kyler Murray at, uh, at Arizona, I just think that man, that situation is just. I think this is it lends itself to being a train wreck. I've said it before. I don't believe that Kyler Murray will be tremendously successful in the NFL. A lot of people are like, oh, you hating. Why are you hating on, on, on Murray? Why you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay? People texting me during the show, why are you going in on Kyler Murray? First of all, I didn't go in on him. And I think what he's done from a talent standpoint, he's tremendously talented. I mean, I remember rooting for his father at Texas A&M. Want the kid to be successful, just don't not, – not, I'm not a believer yet. And I think I don't know that I'm a believer in Cliff King. Well, I know I'm not a believer in Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach in the NFL. Now, if you can't do a little bit better than what you did at Texas Tech, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't believe in you in that that way. I don't know what to tell you. I just don't want, know what to tell you. I know that he offensively. He can open that thing up, but he's not the offense coordinator. He's a leader of men. And uh, one of the things, the telephone, the cell phone breaks, uh, that's something we'll talk about that. I would really want to go into that. But I'll tell you what, 
I just um maybe it's a new NFL and he'll show us something that I hadn't seen before, but I just don't I don't I don't think that this is going to be the answer. And I think for them to re- essentially give up a top ten pick from last year for a second rounder, which is unprecedented, by the way. Totally unprecedented. Hadn't happened before. Never had a top ten pick leave a team or get traded from a team after one year. That tells you a lot about what you need to know. You had a coach for one year. And, but you kept GM, but you got rid of the coach after one year when you, the organization handpicked all of his assistants. So um not sure that they have their thing together in Arizona, although uh, they, they had a really good draft. I think the teams that uh, traditionally do well, did well, and I think there's room for criticism for the teams that have not lately done a, a really good job. I think the Steelers did a fantastic job. I like what Steelers did. And I think the Raiders had so – they added so much, they have to have improved their team. But I just don't think – I think when you talk about the, the first player pick, I think that, again, you talk about value. Where you, where you picked him versus where you could have picked him. Could you have traded down? Could you have waited and got added a different asset? The, and same thing with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, I don't. Who was running and racing to get him? Not a lot of people. A lot of criticism of him uh, from the so-called experts and people from around the NFL. I don't think there was a run on Daniel Jones. I think that you could have waited and got him and really did something else to add to your team. But again, when, with the draft, you you never quite know. You have to go back and look because again, I like a lot of people. I've been wrong. I was wrong about Vince Young. Although, although, if I'm looking for one thing to give me some optimism, the resurrection and my belief in Tiger Woods, does that mean V.Y. can come back? Oh, no, he can't. No, I mean, that this over. I'm just surprised and quite disappointed that that never did. He never did get that career online like I thought he would. He did some good things. And we he's been a lightning rod in Houston forever. And there are people who hate to bring up the name Vince Young. But, yeah, I was a guy rooted for. He was a Houston guy. Didn't work out. So, that you know, I wanted Reggie Bush. And, again, although he never could have lived up to uh, the hype surrounding him, but that was a tremendously talented guy. I think he had a great NFL career. Not a Hall of Fame NFL career like I thought, uh, but a really uh, a key component. That team, no one's wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without him. Despite what his numbers were, he had to be accounted for, and he was a very, very special guy on the football field. So with that, we want to give out a Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. Lamont Award is given to somebody that is a big, big dummy. To someone that's done something very stupid, or at least in my eyes, something stupid this week or this uh, this time out. And I watched Game of Thrones last night, man. And and again, it was it was it was. I'm still processing what I saw, and I won't spoil it for you. Although the word is out, if you're on social media at all, you know the word is out. So if you DVR'd it, I'm not gonna spoil it for you. However, the Avengers Endgame, I guess it uh, came out Friday, and. I'm not a comic book movie guy, so I'm not an Avengers guy. And maybe I should be, but I missed that boat. I'm, I'm a little too old for that, maybe, or my sensibilities are different, or maybe because of that I'm involved in theater a little bit, and I, you know, and I write or whatever. I'm just not a, whatever the reason is. I'm not checking for the Hulk and the Avengers. I don't. I did that, and, and then I turned 13. <laughs> but but okay, 
Hey, and I know there's nuances to it, and I did see one uh, one Marvel movie, and that was the Black Panther, and I know that there was lay- there were layers to that movie. It was that was a great movie, and but because of the other stuff, not all of the superhero stuff, it was a lot about you know nationalism versus go- globalism. It was some father issues in it. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot in there. You have to watch it with a different eye, but yeah. There was a lot in that. So, and if the other movies are like that, then, okay, I've missed out on that. But by and large, I'm not big on comic books. I'm not a comic book guy. But a lot of people are. But one person who wanted to spoil it for them, because, again, this is supposed to be the final movie in this storyline. So there were a lot of a lot of things happened, surprise endings. A lot of things happened in the course of this movie. That was supposed to shock and surprise folks. Well, if you follow LaShawn McCoy on Twitter, yeah, you you were shocked and uh, spoiled because uh, he spoiled you. Hey, he spoiled the ending for a lot of people. I don't know what he tweeted, but he put out some tweets giving away some of the endings of the movie before a lot of people had an opportunity to see it. I mean, that's just a horrible thing. What a jerkish thing to do. It reminded me of the kid that told me. That my my Dalmatian as a kid, uh, we couldn't keep him because he kept he was uh, very rambunctious and ran and played and and was just too too much for me as a little kid. He would knock me over and bite me and play. With. He was just playing, but he just was too rough uh, and too hard for them to handle, too hard for me to handle. So they called the pound to pick him up, and it was Chris that told me that they were going to euthanize my dog. I didn't, I never knew that the, I thought he was going to a farm somewhere to, to run out and have a happy life for the rest of his days. That's, this is what I, I was told. That's what, that's what my belief was. Oh, he was going on to a better life. I didn't know he was going to get killed a couple of days later. I don't know if he did, if he didn't, but I didn't, I had no idea that dog pound euthanized animals back in the day. Well, they still do, uh, but you had the no kill shelters, but yeah, I didn't know that. And Chris, he spoiled that, and he made it a point to tell me that. Or how about the one kid that tells the whole class that there's no Santa Claus? Santa Claus not real. My mama had the, had my games on layaway since August. Why? Why? And what's up with the parent? Oh, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. Santa Claus didn't bring no present. Mama worked hard for that present. What? Why? 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 I mean... If you want to get deep into, well, why do you want to start out with lying to children? Well, whatever. You can if you want to go that deep, but let's don't do that. And if you do, if you don't celebrate Christmas, that's cool. And if you don't believe in Santa Claus, well, I mean, if you don't allow your children to believe in Santa Claus, that's fine. Even don't tell the kid to go to school and ruin it for a bunch of six and seven year olds. I mean, that's just horrible. And this is kind of what shady McCoy did. And by spoiling this movie for a lot of people, and it could have cost them a lot of money. Cause I don't know. I I think most people would still go to see the movie if they knew the ending, but I'm sure that some people, once they find out, I'm like, Oh, well, I'll wait. I don't, I don't have to catch it this weekend. I already know that such and such is going to die. Which again, I don't know who he what what he spoiled, but I just know he spoiled it, and a lot of people are really really upset with him, pissed off to the highest level of pissivity. But for my part, he is a big dummy. You big dummy. <laughs> <laughs> with that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys. I didn't talk, I mean, I really didn't go into all the things I wanted to go into, um, but I want to also remind you guys, if you have not 
if you have, if have or if you have actually you have music that you want to have played on the podcast if you're a fledgling dj or a uh, artist of any kind doesn't matter the genre you play bluegrass we got you you play classical you you play a mean ukulele i got you make sure it's radio edit whatever you do if you want to get exposure to the thousands and thousands of people who have listened to the sports talk with Devin wade podcast hey feel free we'll play a hat we'll play a little snippet of it at the halfway point and we'll play the entire track at the end that way you can have folks from from Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. Uh, I expose to your music. I don't, nah, I don't. I'm not gonna guarantee you it's gonna increase your sales. I don't know, but if it's hot, yeah, Justin Bieber made it on the internet. Other people made it on the internet. Maybe I can break the next Justin Bieber. I don't know if the world is ready for that. But, hey, want to thank you guys. I want to remind you to check me out on Twitter at Wade Word. Only slightly political every now and then. Mostly retweets. I've kind of backed away from a lot of that. But if you scratch me, I'll, I'll bleed. And I and I come out swinging. But, no, no, I don't want to engage anybody in political. Not not in social media. But, uh, but you know, it's just a, a, I have fun on. Uh, and for the most part, I'm relatively clean i don't i don't go way out of my way to and to uh be profane or send out anything inappropriate i know a lot of important people follow me and a lot of people at work so i can't clown yeah <laughs> and, and i don't do that anyway well maybe with my boys but other than that i want to thank you guys uh sports talk with Devin Way page and group on facebook also itunes tune in soundcloud stitcher um, wherever you get your podcast, check us out. Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. And as always, have a great day. As we start trudging, me and my brothers, we be looking and be bugging. Vehicles of life, they be rolling and be nudging. Searching for the virgins of life, let be shoving at the door that's cracked. The valleys of time are always on my VLEs. The beat will combine the calluses and corns with a funky baseline. You won't need underdog for a nickel shoe shine on the shoes that's sack. But can I get a level on the bass and on the treble? Footing up and down like a UNLV rebel. The answer be ambitious, for we really dig acoustics. Can't be too much slacking, not too much backing. You must contain the neck at least to dip your hips and back. Your feet will be in function, so at least realize the fact. The rhythms are inserted and the nerves can be converted. This ain't rock and roll, cause the rap is in control. It's-